here's the thing, especially when it comes to traveling and, you know, you do have people that are very specific and know exactly what they want, but you also have a lot of people that have no idea what they want. So you have through a case of having just a conversation, you just have a natural conversation and then you kind of like pull out different interests and just by getting to know them very briefly, uh, you can get a, a sense for like, hmm, I think they might enjoy this. And uh, it, I don't know, it just is always kind of special when you can plant the seed of an experience and then, and then just like watch it grow in front of you. Welcome to Her Drive Podcast, a female-focused interview series with women of the world discussing their road trips to success. I'm your host, Cindy Cramblett, a travel expert, business owner, and curious spirit with a knack for meeting fascinating women. Please join me as I hop in the passenger seat and chat with these ambitious women about what drives them, twists and turns, and those pedal-to-the-metal moments. Let's drive. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Her Drive Podcast, where me, your host, Cynthia, I'd like to talk with really fascinating ladies from all over the planet about what drives them, motivates them to do whatever cool thing that they're doing. Um, All of these ladies are super inspirational um, on a personal and a professional level. And being that it is quarantine time all over the world, it's interesting that I would have... um, Sarah Dindashi as a guest. Um, Sarah is of Ask a Concierge and her focus really is on travel and showing people and telling people what's awesome to do in LA, in the United States and all over the world. Um, But I thought it would be great to have you, Sarah, on to get everyone's minds into a and a space of like gratitude if they have traveled in the past and where they have gone. And then in the future, when things eventually start to start, you know, begin moving again and we're exploring, you know, really talk about things, uh, places that you've gone that have inspired you, what you think will happen um, with uh, everything post-COVID. But more importantly, I really would love to share your story about what you do, who you are, and how you became this amazing, phenomenal, awesome-driven woman that you are. So Welcome. Oh my gosh, that wow, I love that introduction. That I'm like blushing over here. <laughs> I mean every word. <laughs> well, that's so sweet. Yeah, no, we're definitely, I mean, that's so many great things to to talk about and cover. So thank you for having me on. And uh yeah, I'm just excited to talk about what I do, travel, mindset, all that good stuff. Mm. Um, and what just so everyone knows, um, uh, Sarah and I have never met in person. We only know each other via social media, i.e. Mm-hmm. Instagram. And I came across you, Sarah, I think through um, uh, Scott Eddie. So I have to thank uh, Scott for the connection to you. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, Scott, I have to say, is so great at connecting people. So I just love that, the special world of social media. Mm, it's wonderful. Well, Sarah, I really like to turn the mic over to my guest and allow you to kind of tell the genesis of your story and then how you kind of evolved through there as far as like who you are, where did you grow up? Uh, what did you think you wanted to do versus like, what are you, like, how did you get to where you are? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So we'll just a little background on who I am now today, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of roll back a bit. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm based in Los Angeles currently and, uh, I have a background of working in hotels and specifically five star, five diamond hotels, definitely luxury properties is my background. And, but (laughs) interestingly enough, I have always had um, a passion for film and TV. And in fact, that's why I moved out to Los Angeles. So I do, I am pretty well versed and I've even done a lot of film and TV. And a few years ago, I kind of combined my two worlds. So working in hotels in essence was like a day job. And um, my film and TV passion was like what I was doing on the side. I mean, I would do like sketch comedy at night. I would audition for commercials and films and all that good stuff. And I was actually taking a writing course. And this instructor was like, everybody has to do a vlog. And I'm like, ugh what am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. Like, I have to be an expert. And what am I an expert in? And I was like, well, you know what, for the sake of the assignment, I'll just talk about 
what I talk about on a regular basis, things to do in LA. Nobody's going to want to watch this, but whatever. I'll get the assignment done moving on. Mm-hmm. Well, with the first video, which actually still exists out there to this day, um, with the first video, it became really obvious that, oh, wow, there is a need and an interest and a hunger for this. And I can, it's something that I can do and it's something I'm passionate about. And all of a sudden, instead of me just like, you know, running off to, you know, auditions or this or that, I could basically be honing my craft and putting out content on a regular basis. And, and it also just blended so nicely with what I did as far as my day job. So Mm -hmm. I like to call it like a happy accident. Is that okay. it's like it all really kind of came together. I mean, I even remember being like, what will I call it? Oh, geez, I guess I'll call it Ask a Concierge. I mean, really just like winging it. And it just all came together so perfectly. And and I love when you have those moments because it's almost like when you don't overthink it and you're just going with your gut. And it's just like your intuition is just guiding you when so, so many times we maybe try to think our way through things. And of course the brain is super important. And it's a great to think through things, but sometimes like you just have to trust your gut and, um, and yeah. And so it's been a really interesting road from there. And I do, you know, I, I now work with a lot of big travel brands and I get to go make travel videos around the world. Like who knew that was even a thing or a possibility? Mm -hmm. And it is. And what I love is that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I certainly have a a passion for creating content um, from videos, photos, all of that. But at the end of the day, what I love is that because I've worked in hotels for so long, when I go into a property or if I go into a travel experience, I just look at it through a bit of a different lens. Mm. And especially translating to the, dare we say it, but just for the sake of the conversation, um, the notion of a travel influencer or just an influencer Mm -hmm. in general. An influencer is somebody that helps sort of curate taste. Well, the the reason why everybody kind of gets like wary about that is like, who are these people that are quote unquote influencers and what credentials do they have and what Mm -hmm. makes them a taste curator? Why should we trust their opinion? And what's been so great about this is I'm like, guys, I've been giving professional curated opinions for 15 years. Like I've been doing this in Beverly Hills and guiding people. And, and so it's been this natural transition that, and as I always like to say, it's like, I went beyond the concierge desk. So I was basically, I'm basically doing what I do on a regular basis, just in a different format. And instead Mm -hmm. of just reaching people that are there at the hotel that I'm working at now, I'm reaching travelers all over. And so it's just been such an exciting like journey and, and who knew? And it just is one that it's like, all right, let's go with it. And, um, I, you know, I think that that's also like when you just know that you're kind of on the right path when it just kind of feels good like that. Mm. So that's kind of where I am and a little bit of that journey. Um, my backstory, if you want, uh, so I'm actually half Lebanese, which I don't look cause I have blonde hair, blue eyes. I look mm-hmm. super um, <laughs> white bread American, but my dad, um, uh, my dad is Lebanese and I actually lived for the first six years of my life in Saudi Arabia. So I was born in Pennsylvania, oh. but I lived mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia until I was six and then, uh, London, London, England for a bit. And I actually even had a full on British accent. And then I ended up living in Atlanta from eight to 18, I went to college in Washington, DC at Georgetown, lived very briefly in New York just because Everybody on the East Coast just kind of flocks there, even though I knew deep down in my heart that West Coast was where it was at for me. And then finally was like, why am I even like in New York? I need to be in Los Angeles. That's just where I need to be. So picked up, moved out, and I've been, it'll be, um, oh my gosh, it's like a couple couple months away of me living out in LA for 15 years. What? Oh my gosh, Wow. It also makes me feel old, but that's another story. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, um, that's my background has just always been very much travel oriented just because of the nature of my upbringing. And I really fell into hotels. I started working at a hotel. I started working at the four seasons, Washington, DC, while I was going to school at Georgetown mm-hmm. as a part-time job. So that's really again, it was another one of those like happy accidents that 
I was just looking for a part-time job. Like what? Oh, cool. Hotel. Oh, cool. Benefits even better. Like 19 years old and the idea of like, oh, I have my own health benefits. Like I felt like I was a baller, but <laughs> it's like, and then, and then it's just, I'm like, oh, I get this space. I get this space and I get, um, people and how to read people and how to help guide people to just a better experience in, in a city. So that was a very long winded <laughs> background, but well, I hope I, that I love it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're extremely thorough. And I think it gives a, a, a very clear picture of who you are and how you sound so happy doing what you're doing. Um, and what my job used to be was a travel director. So I would tell everyone, I'm like, it's my job to share the world with the world. So taking people on vacations and sharing information and, and the vlogging does that as well. It's like mm-hmm. people who are watching or people who are traveling with you or people who would be coming to the concierge desk. Like you really are opening up a whole new world to them, whether it's just in that city or wherever you may be on whatever. Yeah. And it's thrilling. Oh, definitely. It's cool when you can kind of like open somebody's mind to something, you know, where they might be like, oh no, I would never do that. And it's like, oh yeah, no, no big deal. You don't have to do that. But you know, people really like this or you share a little bit more and then they're like, oh, Mm-hmm. okay well maybe and then they end up doing it and they're like that was amazing and it's like yeah and, and you said this so beautifully like learning like you know how to read people and if you can read people you can then give them a really phenomenal opportunity to have the best experience possible oh totally and that's what it is because here's the thing especially when it comes to traveling and you know, you do have people that are very specific and know exactly what they want, but you also have a lot of people that have no idea what they want. Mm-hmm. So you have through a case that you having just a conversation, you just have a natural conversation and then you kind of like pull out different interests. And just by getting to know them very briefly, uh, you can get a, a sense for like, Hmm, I think they might enjoy this. And, uh, it, I don't know. It just is always kind of special when you can plant the seed of an experience and then, and then just like watch it grow in front of you. And then my favorite is always when, you know, they've gone, they've had their whole day or maybe it's like, it's then the next day or whatever it is. And then they come back and they're like, thank you so much. You were spot on. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's, there's nothing more heartwarming than that. Cause you're like, yay, that's all I wanted is for you to have an amazing time. Because if I'm giving you a recommendation, it's not, the point is not it being a, a reflection on me. The point is, is like that you love this city or this place or this activity as much as I do. And, you know, I think it kind of also stems from that. If you really come from a place of really loving it or loving, you know, that city or that experience, it, it's, it's a different way of sharing it with people by getting them to go do it too. Totally. Totally. And they come back and then they have a, a greater appreciation and their own perspective of the experience. And it's just very beautiful. So I'm glad that people have had the amazing opportunity to work with you. Um, well, you mentioned going to school at Georgetown. Um, I live in Washington. We have some similarities, but anyway, um, uh, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a number of years, and I know uh, the Four Seasons um, mm-hmm. there. But when you were a student, like, what were you studying? So I actually was in the School of Foreign Service at Georgetown, mm-hmm. which is the fancy, fancy school for those that are, are not as familiar, uh, not as familiar with it, the fancy school for international relations. So mm-hmm. uh, even though I had always had this passion for film and TV, I always, I just kind of came from a family that was like, no, you have to get a real degree in something. And I'm like, well, inter- international relations makes sense just because in essence, that's who I am. You know, I just, I mean, I was on a plane when I was three weeks old. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, so that's what I studied there. So international relations, culture and politics and in particular with a minor in women's studies. So, okay. And I, I just always find this fascinating because that's laying great groundwork for things that you'll do later in your life or what you think you may be doing, but when did you, when did you just like make the decision that you wanted to work within the whole, the hotel space and then eventually make that decision to hit, focus on film and TV, i.e. the move to LA? Like, was well, there an aha moment for both um, of them? Yeah, definitely. Aha moment for film and TV. I've always, I mean, I got an agent when I was 13. I was like, mom, this is what I want to do. When I was 13, we were living in Atlanta and I like, 
called and set myself up with a bunch of interviews and got myself an agent and started working in Atlanta at like 13, 14. So mm. that was always something that was interest that was a passion of mine. And then even while I went to school at Georgetown, I was one of the founding members of the film club there and started doing, you know, mini films before a lot of people were doing them. Certainly at that school, because that is a very academic and not, mm-hmm. not at the time wasn't as um, arts focused, even though there there was the availability of it or but there was also just the opportunity to create it. So that had always been a passion of mine for for quite a long time. But uh, as far as like working in the hotel. So, yeah, I mean, uh, Georgetown is a. a a phenomenal school. I had grown up going to public schools and I've been exposed to just a lot of different uh, backgrounds. And when I was going to school there, I was like, my problem with, with college, and I'll say in this particular case, um, is that it, to me, it was like, this is not real life. Like mm-hmm. I'm on this campus with a bunch of, you know, kids. And in this particular case, just because of the type of school, generally a lot of privilege, which is fine. That's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that. But I was like, this is not real life. Like I want the colors and flavors of people that come from all different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So that's why I started working at a restaurant. And I just remember like, you know, I'd have a conversation with like a 50 year old bus boy from Thailand. And like, I'm like, this is like real life that I'm now interacting with people of different ages, of different backgrounds. And that seemed to me seemed far more fulfilling. At the same time, my, my cousin had moved to, to Washington DC and he was working at the Four Seasons. So he was like, Hey, you could work at the restaurant down the street for like $9 an hour, or you could work at the Four Seasons for like 15 an hour. So I was like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sign me up. So that's what got me my taste of working in hotels. And then when I moved out to Los Angeles, I was like, okay, I have to think of what would be a day job. I could work in a restaurant or I, I liked working in hotels. So I applied actually as a bartender because I had more of that sort of experience. And it was the general manager that was like, I think you'd make a better concierge. And, um, which is kind of true because I'm not a big drinker. So I <laughs> think he nailed it. Um, and so yeah, pretty much three weeks after moving to Los Angeles, I became a concierge at a top hotel in Beverly Hills. So when imagine like, what did I know? Like Mm -hmm. I had to immediately learn the luxury space as a Mm -hmm. 22 year old, Mm -hmm. you know, learn the different types of cars and all that, A, a world that, I mean, Beverly Hills is definitely one sort of extreme. So you have to curate your taste really quickly. And then also at that point, I just became really good at listening Mm -hmm. and asking questions and being okay, being like, you know, I don't know, but let me go ahead and find it out for you. Mm -hmm. Because nobody, nobody cared if I knew the answer right away. They just, they, what they wanted to be, they wanted to see that I was eager to find the right answer for them. So, so that's what made it pretty, I don't want to say easy, but it's just, I had the right attitude for it naturally. Mm -hmm. So listening to that story about your family and how they, they say you need to have a real job, you know, and then you studied what you did at Georgetown, which is a very prestigious school. And then ultimately you're in LA, you're working as a concierge, um, which is a great job. But did your parents ever say anything to you about your decision to do so? Uh, no. Definitely not. Uh, not my mother. Uh, my dad was always like, oh, my dad has a finance background. Um, um, by the way, my parents aren't together anymore. So my dad has a finance background. So for him, he's like, you know, he only understands the finance world. So he would try Mm -hmm. to understand. And then he would be like, I'm sorry. He's like, I just don't get it. I only like speak finance in essence. (laughs) And, um, but they've both watched the journey as, Mm -hmm. um, as it's sort of grown. So in, I mean, in general, the, you know, in general, they've just been very supportive. They're like, Hey, look, we know you're a smart kid. You don't ask for anything from us. You're happy, mm-hmm. you know? So for them to be too come down on me hard, like for what? I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not asking for much from them other than just be like, Hey, you guys like this? And they're like, that's awesome. Yes. So, so I think uh, that's great. So yeah. many of my guests in the past have, have said, um, there's one woman I interviewed in the Barbados, which I haven't released that episode yet. Um, where 
um, her parents were very uh, against her decisions and Mm -hmm. she still went forward. And I was like, this is what I want. This is what I need. And just like followed that compass. And it seems like you are someone who is very um, uh, aware and quick or or not shy about acting on the direction in which your compass is is pointing have you always been that way yeah i i yeah i have uh and it's interesting that you say that just because a lot of it's also just how i was raised generally speaking i mean i'm i both of my parents are pretty open-minded i mean you have Mm -hmm. to take into consideration my dad was born in damascus syria and then he met my mom an american at lehigh university uh my mom who grew up in allentown pennsylvania then meets this guy from the middle east and it's all foreign and this is like the 70s mm-hmm. uh and um she then ends up converting to islam he didn't mm-hmm. ask her to by the way because i mean yes he's muslim by birth but is he super religious no but she she converted and so you know when I look back at my parents and even in just having recent discussions with them now about everything during the pandemic and like, they're like, yeah, I'll just drive across the country. And I'm like, man, you guys have, there's something in their spirit. That's a little bit rebellious. And, um, my friend actually has this great term for me. And, um, but I think it totally stems from my parents. It's this notion of contained rebellion. And Mm. I love that thought because I'm like, Oh dude, that's so me. Is that, and one side, it's like, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I, I do what I want. But it's like, I also know the parameters in which to play. So mm-hmm. it's like, it, it's this like notion of just being very, having that free will to choose certain things. But it's like, I'm going to make reasonable decisions. And and from a very young age, my mom was always very much like, taught, taught me to make my own decisions that, you know, even for example, she always tells this story, which is so weird, uh, that I w- apparently I was in a high, ch- in, in a high chair and I didn't want to be in the high chair. And she was like, um, well, I didn't mind being in the high chair, but she wanted to push the, uh, tray in because the tray basically holds the kid in. Right. That's how you stay in. And I was like, nope, no tray, no tray, no tray. And my mom was like, Okay, well, if you don't have a tray, you're not going to have a way to like safely sit in the high chair and you're going to feel like you're going to fall out. You might even fall out. And she's like, but if you don't want it, no problem. So she puts the tray away. And then all of a sudden I sit there very uncomfortable and like, oh, gosh, I'm going to fall out of this high chair. (laughs) Mind you, by the way, I don't remember this. My mom is telling me this story, but. At that point, then I was like, no, 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 I want the tray. So that's a silly example, but how my mom would always present a situation. She would be like, no, this is what you need to do. And if I push, would push back, it would be like, well, I'm telling you, you need to do this because of X, Y, Z. But if you don't, no problem, just warning you. So here you go, try it. And mm-hmm. so she would always give me basically, you know, within reason, a chance to make my own decision presenting the pros and cons. And then I would normally come around and make the quote unquote right decision. So oh, that's magical parenting. Um, isn't I, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone I was a free range child and it seems similar to my, my, our mother seems similar in that they would, Oh, she would pretty much give us the choice to, to decide how we wanted to go. Um, oh, for sure. Well, I think it's yeah. great, you know, because it's like, you know, the parents, obviously they're there, they're giving some guidance. It's not like it's just like a free for all, but it's letting the, I think it allows us to just be more confident in our decision-making skills, you know, that it's like, mm-hmm. no, I've been making decisions for quite, you know, that maybe we, we take it for granted now, but you know, as far as growing up and developing into young adults and then actual adults, I think having that, um, just, just having that ability to be like, yeah, I'll make this decision because a lot of people, it's, it's a crippling thing for them to do because they need to seek approval of this. And not to say that we don't have that or, or need that ourselves. It's just, it's just a little bit of a different way of looking at it. Totally. It's, it really is. And it, I think it's a skill to be able to have developed your mind in, in such a way. And 
act in in a more fearless way, so to speak. Yeah. And that's interesting that you actually say that because being fearless, because for me, it's like the idea, like I don't, failure is like not a word that's like in my Mm -hmm. world or universe. Like I'm not scared. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I'm, for example, I'm even just launching a new video series right now in the middle of this pandemic, because I was like, whoa, I can't travel. What can I do? I was quiet for a minute because I was like, okay, there's a lot of noise out there. Everybody's like kicking and screaming and sharing their two cents or sharing stupid memes or whatever. Um, <laughs> I was in, I was into, but, but I was like, it's a lot of noise. And then I'm like, okay, how, how can I contribute to the conversation in a meaningful, productive way? And I'm like, okay, well, I am going to like really just harness what I do. And that, that is be that person for the, travel industry and the hospitality industry. So I started doing these videos and the first one I did, did like, again, like I have, I have a friend of mine that's like, Oh, well maybe you want to perfect it and make sure that it's, it's great. And I'm like, no, I'm going to just perfect it as I go along. Like, I don't mm-hmm. care. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to do the best that I can. Everybody's super forgiving. Mm-hmm. And worst comes to worst. If I talk about a topic that people don't like, okay, I don't talk about that topic again. <laughs> so yeah, so for me, it just is like dive in and it's like mm-hmm. you modify, you just do the best that you can and then you just modify and grow because I think that's really the best way to learn is just to grow by doing. But you have yeah. to be okay and willing to put yourself out there and know that, okay, well, maybe that wasn't perfect, but it's like, you know, we don't live in a world that is necessarily seeking perfection anyway. We're, we're almost like... um embracing or, or put, yeah, we're embracing the imperfections and the authenticity of, mm-hmm. of people. So it's like, do it mm-hmm. and then move on. I love, that. I love <laughs> yeah. that so much. So, I mean, we've looked, we've looked <clears throat> back on your life quite a bit, like through the rear view mirror. And I'm just thinking like up the, your windshield of life, mm-hmm. what do you see up ahead? Like what's a big billboard that, that you're looking at? Oh, 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 now I get, I get nervous when I start having to talk about the future. Uh, no, no, just cause it's like, you know, I have for me, I, cause it's, well, you know, you write down your goals and you have big dreams, goals and, and desires. And I, for me, that's like, I, that's where I feel most vulnerable is where mm-hmm. I like share my ambition with people. If that oh. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I definitely looking towards into transitioning to like more of a, a TV show and exploring that, but then also exploring just like what it's like to build just a, a bigger brand. And is that one that comes with being an author? Is that one that comes with more speaking engagements? Is that one that's um, has a whole consulting agency. That's a portion of the, of the, of the company. I mean, there's, there's kind of a lot that I'm looking to grow into and, um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there, the great thing is, is that I've got a, a great team, uh, a team, I call them a team, even though they're friends, but I've got friends mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are just great. It's so supportive. Mm-hmm. And some that, you know, I think could even be great to tap into as being part of an official team, you know, when the time is right. So, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. The, the, the future's bright. It's looking so bright. I got to wear shades. <laughs> <Kidding. Yeah. laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> of course it's bright. If, if, it, if your past is any indication of success, you know, it's going to be a key indicator of your future success as well. So yeah. I am and when we're talking about the tv space i've been having this conversation with a few of my um female friends who are wanting to create shows and do different things and put out their professional knowledge and the one thing that i've learned in the past year um regarding tv and you know ott's whatever the syndication all the different platforms out there it's like there's there's just so many platforms there's so many different ways message out there and it's just like how do you choose the place that's best for your message and your audience and the answer is like it's different for everyone and who wants to do stuff right Mm -hmm. 
Oh, exactly. And that's what's so great about it. So, I mean, I had a, a development deal a couple years back and that was sort of my first foray into it. And I remember being like, oh my God, I got a development deal before I realized mm-hmm. that that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, I mean, it does. I mean, it's like, okay, cool. Yay. People are interested in this concept, but like so much has to like kind of fall into place. And mm-hmm. I remember when I was like taking a while and trying to understand it while I was in the middle of it. And uh, getting frustrated in the sense that I understood that so much was out of my control. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? Get frustrated over stuff that's out of your control. That's just a waste of time and energy. So what can you do? Mm-hmm. Focus on what you can control. So cool. Okay. You guys over there, you have my materials, you have your thing. You try and do this show thing. Call me when you need me. I'll hop in the room whenever I need to be there. And in the meantime, let me just like do my show online because mm-hmm. we the beauty of the day and age that we live in is that we have access to so many resources that we can we can kind of do what we want for a pretty pretty inexpensive you know with a pretty low overhead you know it's, things aren't necessarily that expensive to like create a video per se you have other people that are interested in doing it so you can get a team you can learn a lot of the skills yourself and so mm-hmm. that's what I did is I ended up doing that and I, I was doing two videos a week and this was like in 2016 and that's really when things started changing for me and now at the at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, whatever happens with that particular development deal is fine. And then mm-hmm. after that got tapped from so many things, oh, we want you to be this and you want to be, be this. Sure, sure. Okay, fine. But I'm like, I never let any of that bother me. I'm like, cool, I'm here. I'm ready to to do that if you guys want to do that. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I'm like driving my own train over here. So that's cool. Just Yeah, call. you know, I, I'm I so believe in timing of conversations and things. And that's exactly where my mind has been lately. Um, with last year and the year before working on several projects where I was just brought in, um, Mm -hmm. and now, and, and being excited about them, but they weren't like my own true passion, like aligned with my passion, but not the exact thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, And the whole time I have, always thought I'm like it's this other thing is still what I want to focus on the other thing is her drive Mm -hmm. um which you're a part of so thank you very much um and I think that's the key for all of us right is like okay we all have our mission our purpose and you have to keep working towards it and there will be other things that present themselves as opportunities to you and maybe they are in alignment with what you want to do or maybe they're a little bit more exciting at the time but at the end of the day as we move forward and hold on to that purpose we're always going to be like working towards it little by little. And I mean, look at you now, lady. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And and that's the whole thing is it's like, again, I, and I, I always find myself, I mean, I think it's just normal for life is that we just come to these, like, whether it's a crossroads or uh, just, you know, life is just always throw, throwing you curveballs. And And even for me, I had certain plans for this year. And next thing you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And it's like, (laughs) I mean, not only I had plans, a lot of people had plans. Um, (laughs) But but then it was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I, how do I shift with this? And like, where, where, actually, I read it today. Somebody wrote this actually online today. And I was like, damn, girl, Mm. that is so spot on. She was like, she was like, the, um, if the plan isn't working, don't change the goal, just change the plan. Ooh. And I love that. Isn't that mm-hmm. great? And that's the whole yes. thing is I was like, okay, so I had a plan. Well, every, everything's just gotten shifted. Like there's just certain realities mm-hmm. that just like, we can't live in whatever space that is right now, but it doesn't mean that the goal has to change. We just have to adapt and just change our plan given our current, um, the current climate, the current restrictions, the current parameters, is, I think, really the best way. Yeah. So you just change your plan with new parameters and just still keep working towards that goal. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Well, I saw on your um, uh, Ask a Concierge, ask a concierge.tv, mm-hmm. um, a post you made earlier this month. And it was um, titled, I think, Seven Ways to Make 
quarantine a better experience. Yes. Um, which I love anything that's positive and like yes. helps people think in a, in a, in a good way. So of those seven, like what are the top two that have helped you the most? Oh God. You know, what's so funny about that is I wrote that first as a Instagram post. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, I wrote those tips as an Instagram post pretty early on into quote unquote quarantine, stay at home. And when I was feeling good and then I went to, and got into like a week or two weeks of, I was not feeling good. I was like, I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I looked a mess. I was just like, people were trying to FaceTime me. I'm like, no, don't FaceTime me. I am not appropriate right now. And and then I was like, Sarah, buck up, like get it together. Yes, this is quote unquote difficult, but is it that difficult? It's just a change. And mm-hmm. so I really had to be like, remember what you wrote? And I'm like, literally I'm having this conversation with myself because who else am I going to have a conversation with? But I have this conversation with myself and I'm like, go back to what you wrote. And I went back and I, I looked at my list of, of things and I'm like, you know what? Okay. I get up, I get dressed. Like I put on like an out, I mean, it's still yoga pants, but I'm like dressed. <laughs> um, I put on my makeup, I do my hair. And I know that sounds so weird, but by getting ready, getting dressed for the day has helped set the tone so much. Also, I continually um, try to make myself wake up early. I, that, I struggle because I feel like I'm one of those people that's both a night person and a morning person. Oh, so, girl, <laughs> so I'm like, uh, wait a second. I got into my groove at like 1 a.m. And I'm like, Sarah, you're trying to wake up at 6 a.m. What are you doing to yourself? Like this mm-hmm. But, um, but really trying to stay consistent with that schedule, especially a morning schedule Mm. that has been such a game changer for me. And, um, and so, yeah, so those, uh, I'll throw in a third one. The third one is, um, just staying because this is something that's very important to me, but just staying physically active. So, Mm. um, because that, that for me is just how I get through life. I'm I have to be physically active and, uh, yeah, I think I'm on like day, I think day today will be like day 43 of running in a row. I've run like every day, which I was not a runner prior to this, by the way, like I had run, but I was not like, Oh yay. Let's go run six miles. (laughs) Mm. So yeah. So that's been fun. It's been a fun challenge, Mm -hmm. you know, and some days it's like I run nine and some days I run three miles whatever, but it's been a good challenge. So those things have kind of helped. That's really beautiful. And, and when this is all over Uh um, and you are able to get on a flight, where, (laughs) where would you like to fly to? Gosh. Oh man. Um, that's, I've been asked this question a lot lately and it's, I don't, yeah. Okay. So uh, honestly, the the real answer is wherever work will take me because I really Ooh. love going and creating videos. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. the destination is just a surprise and I get to mm-hmm. enjoy it. And I get to, and for me, I enjoy interacting with a destination by photographing it, by documenting it, by making videos on it. I, I, I genuinely enjoy interacting with destinations that way. Um, now that being said, I mean, I also get like, where would I go on a vacation? Which I'm like, Hmm, that's a great question. Definitely mm-hmm. someplace warm, maybe someplace like Hawaii or someplace exotic, mm-hmm. like Morocco. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined. I love that. Well, yeah. yeah um, you're talking about like pivoting the plan, but don't change the goals. And I'm actually so excited for what's been happening in my life um, during quarantine for the most part, like just building out my van and working on other little side projects. And uh, like a week ago, I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to learn Arabic for two years now. So let me just just, like dip my toe in that water, you know, via Pinsler. That is hard. How's it going? It's going okay. Like, it's, I'm actually su- surprised by how well it's going, but I don't know. I'll let you know in two weeks if I'm still doing it. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, look, it's great. And that's the whole thing is it's like, 
it's so great that you're taking this time now to stretch yourself in, in a different way because, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, you know, whether it still is going on in two weeks or not is, is almost not even the point. It's just the fact that like you've trying something new. And I think that's so important to our mental well-being um, and just even like stimulating our brain. Exactly. And that's what I felt. I'm like, man, I was, I'm not really challenging my mind in any way. I feel like it's turning to mush because my boyfriend and I are just converting my van into a camper van, which is, he's doing all the critical thinking because he's the lead in the build. Um, because if I built it, it would all just crumble as soon as you step onto it. So, uh, so I'm just like all day long, just assisting. Um, and I needed that. And I think all of us need challenges in, in other ways. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting, but I, as someone who is also a fellow traveler and like loves the world, I'm I'm missing it. And I've found myself the last uh, three nights, four nights, just going through images um, and videos from places. Yeah. That and it's it's nice to actually just take a moment and not be thinking about the next trip, whether it's for work or personal, and really just appreciate the memories and the places visited in the past and the people that I've come in contact with and just be grateful. Right. Agreed. I, it's funny that you say that because a couple nights ago I did the same thing and I was looking back on last year and like these experiences that I had, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I was like traveling around Southeast Asia, like on a whirlwind trip, like three countries mm. in 10 days, something crazy. Mm. I did Malta. I was at a wedding in Rome. I got to go to Puerto Rico, which was just so cool and see like where they made the first pina colada. Like <laughs> I, I got, I got to be in Banff, yeah. you know, Canada, like in the snow, <laughs> see the Grand Canyon in the winter. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, damn, my life is pretty cool. (laughs) So sometimes when you're moping in the, in whatever you're in currently, and then you stop, you take a step back and you look at everything. You're like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to mope about. Things are okay. It's just a a temporary pause right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a breed that um, I think everybody needed to take a pause. Oh my gosh. Totally. That's the other thing. It's like, I think I was going at such a pace and I know not only myself, but all of us, Mm -hmm. I think all of us have really, I mean, hopefully, you know, have had a moment to just take a breath Mm -hmm. and re-examine things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's, I love that. Oh my God. Well, I'm just, I've been smiling this whole time. So thank you for being so positive and happy and intentional with your thoughts and your words and your actions, because that is a beacon for all of us to do the same. No, that's so sweet. I'm like, I'm just over here just being me being weird, but cool. (laughs) If I can make other people, if I can inspire somebody or make them smile. Yeah. We're going to be on the same weird train together. (laughs) I love that. Well, um, I have maybe just a few more questions for you. Um, and, um, one of them, it's my favorite question to ask is, if you were to, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, what age would you be and what would you say? Oh, gosh. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Well, God, that's a good, gosh, that's such a good question. Mm. Um, I don't know what age I would be. So the first thing that came to my mind, because we'll just we'll play that game at least. The first thing that came to my mind is I would tell my younger self, everything works out for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everything. But the reason why I'm having a hard time pinpointing an age, I have the, this is a little bit of a weird story, but I'll just share it. Is I remember being in sixth grade, so 12 ish something like that, 12-ish. And our English teacher was like giving us, you know, assignments at the beginning of class to write something. And she was like, okay, everybody write about a moment that they would go back in time and that they regret and they would change it and they'd want to do something else. Mm. And I was the only one in class that was like, I wouldn't change anything because any one moment that I would change would impact who I am today. Mm -hmm. And all of those moments, whether they're mistakes or not, 
were like learning, learning, they were lessons to be learned. So I don't, I don't want to change anything. Uh, which is, I think the teacher was like, uh, okay, this is not the philosophy class, but thank you, Sarah. <laughs> but so th- that's why I have a hard time pinpointing the age is that like, I guess I've, I've kind of always had that mentality and I don't know when or where, how that was instilled in me. And I mean, to an 11 year old to be saying that, I mean, that's a little bit, that's kind of profound, you know, so to be thinking in that way. So the pinpointing the age is so tough. I don't know that, that I, I, I don't know, but I would just say, by the way, I also say it to myself on a regular basis. Maybe I'll say it to myself two weeks ago, my younger self, two weeks ago, everything will work out for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my, I love those. I love that answer. That was, um, it's good. And I, I, I kind of like when people like stumble a little bit, um, over it because, I don't know why I have to think about why I like that, but it's, well, it's a question that requires a bit of thought, you know, and a lot of thought for sure. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Just two more questions. Sure. Um, what do you value most about yourself? Uh, integrity, Ooh. my integrity, but hands down, uh, I just, my word and my, just, my outlook towards things, it it just, it's all coming from a a good place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if everybody's necessarily wired that way, but, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter. And it's like, I understand it's not even, it's like, it's not even about being like, sometimes people are like, Oh, so naive, so positive. And I'm like, yeah, but no, it's not that it's, I have integrity. And so I know that if I lead with integrity, everything falls into place whether it's perfect, whether it does, or more so whether it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you lead with integrity, it, that just gives you so much wiggle room because mm-hmm. people know that you have the best intentions. And I guess that's what I mean by integrity. That's beautiful. That's yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely a great characteristic and, and a value to hold on to. And then finally, another favorite question. Yes. Um, what are you tooting your horn about? What are you celebrating? Oh, um, okay. So my, my biggest celebration is actually super recent. It is, uh, I like, I'm sure a lot of others I was really struggling and I don't know why I was struggling. Cause I don't, I'm normally, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty, pretty buoyant, but mm-hmm. I was, um, I was just really just having a tough time. And it was really because I didn't, know what my purpose was. Mm. And I'm so proud of myself for being like, okay, okay. I'm acknowledging the situation. I'm acknowledging that there's a lot of noise right now, but I don't want to just contribute. I don't want to talk just for the sake of talking. Like mm-hmm. th- I, that's not what motivates me. If I'm going to talk or contribute to the conversation, especially online and in social media, I want it to be useful. I want it to be g- helpful, thought provoking. I wanted to have substance. Mm. And so I took it some time and you might not even necessarily tell because I do post on a consistent basis, but it was, it was, for me, it was just a little bit more just superficial for a couple of days, just light, lighter thoughts mm. while I really took a time to kind of collect myself. And that's when I was like, I, need to be sharing these travel industry updates and really get people to start thinking about the future in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, yeah, so I'm just super proud of myself that I took this moment. I recognized it. I took a step back. I really just sat there with my intuition and I was like, okay, your intuition has helped you out in the past. Let it, do the talking and you might not have an answer today. You might not have an answer in 30 minutes. You might, might take a couple days, but like just really get quiet and listen to yourself. And like, you'll, you'll know the direction you need to go. And all of a sudden these certain things just started presenting themselves to me. And I was like, Oh, I know what I need to do now. And you know, I've super excited that I'm like putting together these these videos, I feel like I'm kind of becoming like a champion for like the, 
the hospitality industry and it's giving people that work in it that have lost their jobs a little bit of hope, um, but then also making them like hopefully inspiring them to look at it in a bit of a different way. So that's my thing that I'm super excited about right now. It may seem dorky, but I don't know. No, it, it's it, finding your purpose is yeah. important, especially mm-hmm. refining your purpose because it evolves. It definitely does. It, yeah. Yes. <laughs> All I can say is yes, I totally agree with you. Um, well, Sarah, thank you so much for f- sharing space with me and your story and giving us all hope. Um, and uh, for me, I'm feeling excited for the future. Um, me and, too. you know, if you have anything else that you would like to share, I invite you to do so. No, that's about, and thank you so much for having me on. And, this is just, I'm so glad that we finally connected because it has been a bit, a bit of time. So it's so mm-hmm. nice that we're able to do this now at a time where we're all, you know, all, but a good number of us are kind of pausing or just having a different pace to our lives. So I'm so glad that we're connecting finally. Yeah. yeah. And I can't wait to meet you in person someday. Yes. yes someday. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Well, Sarah, will you please let everybody know where they can find you and follow you and learn from you and watch your videos? <laughs> sure. So my website, uh, it's, you had mentioned earlier, is askaconcierge.tv. Uh, so I have almost everything that I do is up there. And then uh, certainly very active on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter as Ask a Concierge. You can even also, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn as well, too, because that's a fun platform to to play on as well. So find me anywhere. And um, yeah, just always reach out, by the way, because I always check my my messages. So I love talking to people, meeting new people. <laughs> Wonderful. OK, well, thank you, Sarah, of Ask a Concierge. It's been such a pleasure. And to everyone who has listened, thank you so much. I am excited for all of us to get back out there and explore the world and explore ourselves and grow in different ways. So thanks everybody. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Her Drive with Cindy Cramblett. If you want to know more about today's guest or know a fascinating woman you'd love for me to interview, please see the show notes, visit Instagram or her-drive.com. And please, 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 if you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for riding along and subscribe to join our next woman and her drive to success.